0: Welcome to the Houston Grass Podcast with Houston Grass owner, Michael Romine. Tips to help you buy, install, and care for your grass in the Houston area. Good morning, everyone. I'm Michael, and this is the Houston Grass Podcast. Uh, we are here at the end of April. Got a, a few days left in April, and uh, we're still still kind of unseasonably cool outside uh, for, for for this time of year. And it looks like we're going to kind of be that way for for the week. Uh, so we're not uh, growing great guns as far as uh, if you look out at your yard, you might not be having to mow quite as often as you as you think you maybe did this time last year uh if you were thinking that 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 would be the reason why even if you're doing your fertilizing and it's finally started raining a little bit again uh speaking of the rain we're actually uh, got we've finally gotten some good rain we've had a real dry start to the year and uh we've finally gotten some good rain and here in south houston and i think kind of the the whole greater gulf coast here including our farm we've we have been sold out of grass for a couple of days now, and, uh, and and haven't been able to replenish our supplies because the farm can't uh, can't get any. A lot of people wonder, they they call around to all the grass places and we get lots of phone calls in those rain out days and, and they wonder why it's just because the uh we, we can't get grass from the farms when it rains like this uh they can't put those big old heavy machines out in their fields and sometimes you can't even drive on their roads because it'll tear up their roads but you certainly can't put those machines out in the fields and uh, uh it, it just ruts them up and makes a big old mess it's really a, a fair weather <laughs> sp- that that the harvesting of the grass uh you've got those forklifts and stuff out there that weigh 10 or twelve thousand pounds or whatever and they're they're uh would kind of tear the place up if you if you got out there when it's wet so that's the reason when we say we're rained out that's what we're that's what we're referring to so today is another one of those days and it's a beautiful day outside and we certainly wish we had it. Uh, everybody's looking for it, but, uh, that's just the way it is. So, uh, I'd like to, we'll take a few topics here today. Uh, it, it seems like we're getting lots of phone calls about uh, Palmetto St. Augustine in particular. Palmetto is our is our more shade tolerant uh, variety of St. Augustine. Looks real similar to the Raleigh St. Augustine. As a matter of fact, if you laid a block of each of them side by side, most people wouldn't be able to tell the difference. The, the difference is there's a little more vegetation, a little more leaf tissue and whatnot per square inch than there is on the Raleigh St. Augustine. And the blades themselves may be a a little bit finer. Uh, But again, to the untrained eye and somebody that's not down on their hands and knees, they they look real similar. And for that reason, uh, you can actually use them... in conjunction with one another if you have a part of your yard that's uh that's shady because it's close to close to a tree or close to a house or a fence or something like that you could use if you have raleigh saint augustine there uh existing it's not like if you were switching a yard out to zoysia you don't have to go in and rip out the whole thing you can just patch in uh with palmetto where uh where those thin spots are where you, where you're not getting that sunlight and again like I always like to say a palmetto is no miracle grass it still needs that 4 or 5 hours of direct sunlight per day to, to survive and the more it gets the more it will thrive whereas the regular Raleigh St. Augustine I, I, I say it needs uh, at least 6 or 7 hours of direct sunlight per day uh, to, to do its thing so it's uh, not something that you can grow in a cave but it definitely uh, has its place in those shadier spots in your yard And uh, so that that does help with the affordability as well uh, the Palmetto St. Augustine is a little more expensive than the Raleigh St. Augustine Augustine but again we're not talking about having to take out a whole yard or something you can you can lay these grasses right next to one another if you've just got uh, a few spots that need to be fixed up and of course, this time of year is the only time of year that we sell Palmetto St. Augustine in the smaller quantities. Most of the year, we only sell it by the full pallet. But in the springtime, we've just kind of picked the end of the week to try to let everybody know, hey, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we try to get the Palmetto in, uh, get a couple of pallets of it and have it to to sell by the piece. Uh, whereas that's not something that we do the rest of the year because the demand's not there. And, uh, we, we, if we brought a pallet of it up here to sell it by the piece and we didn't sell it all, uh, it would go bad. And especially in the, in the summer and, and frankly our fall as well, it's so hot outside that grass, uh, has to be sold the day we get it, for the most part. So uh, we 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 don't do that. We don't want to be throwing anything away. So that's why we stick to the springtime for, for to to do that. So another thing I like to to mention is to, to hey, do I. I don't really know how much sun that i get in some part of my yard uh and or whether i should think about doing palmetto saint augustine or uh, hey maybe i I might even get so much shade that palmetto saint augustine wouldn't work and i can i tell everybody the best way to uh to determine that is on a sunny day you go out every hour and take a picture of your yard uh the, the areas that you're concerned with and then at the end of the day you scroll through those pictures and it's the absolute easiest way to uh to to tell if you get that sunlight because a little bit of filtered sunlight here and there doesn't count you've got to get that direct sunlight you've got to get that four or five hours and if you don't you've got to uh aggressively trim those trees and uh uh poke holes in that canopy and really uh really take a lot of that uh overhead shade away uh, obviously you can't do anything if the shade is uh, caused by structures houses and fences and stuff like that but if it's trees uh, sometimes you might have to make them look a little bit silly to, uh, to make them look like a stalk of broccoli like my uh, co-worker says here you can't have them look like oak trees with the big overhanging branches and whatnot or or you're not going to be able to grow grass under there of any type so uh, keep that in mind. Uh, as far as what we should be, uh, what we should be putting out this time of year, uh, we're, we are approaching May, so it is a, it is definitely the time to get down the barricade pre-emergent. It'll create that barrier that across the soil that will uh, keep those summer weed seeds that are going to be blowing around keep those from germinating uh it's not going to get rid of any weeds that you have now Uh, uh, that's not what a pre-emergent is for Uh, pre-emergent uh it, it like i said it creates that barrier and uh and keeps those weed seeds from from germinating and becoming becoming plants and uh unsightly things in your yard so may is definitely the time to get that out and it's uh, also the time to put down the super turf we are past time if you did not do a weed and feed already it is getting too warm too fast to to put be putting down either of the either of the uh the either the uh, the purple bag with the atrazine in it or the teal bag with uh, the Trimec in it. We are past time to do that, so it's time to uh, put down the silver bag, which is the super turf that's got the slow release nitrogen in it, the 19410. You can do that anytime in May, and that should get you through the summer uh, because of that slow release nitrogen. And because it is slow release, it can keep you from burning your grass, uh, with that, with that excessive nitrogen. So get it out there, water it in real well, follow the directions on the bag and never put it out by hand always put it out there with the uh the, the walk behind spreaders and put it on the proper settings uh get it out there and get plenty of water on it or even better if you can time it before about a half inch rain uh that's all the better so uh it's definitely get that the the barricade pre-emergent and the super turf down and keep mowing we should be mowing once a week right now at least and we should be watering and getting that one inch of water per week whether it's falling out of the sky or coming out of the irrigation uh the sprinklers or the hose or whatever uh those are the things we need to be doing right now uh Another topic I'd like to talk about a little bit here is uh, the common Bermuda grass. Where we we get the phone calls. Uh, people people may not know the, uh, the the name, the common Bermuda grass, but common Bermuda grass is everywhere here in South Texas. Anywhere there is a uh, uh, an empty piece of dirt whether it be in your flower bed or or, or wherever else those those common Bermuda grass seeds are blowing around everywhere and as it warms up here they start to germinate and uh so if you have an unhealthy piece of your yard somewhere like say there's a thin spot that's created from excess traffic or shade or whatever as those weed seeds from that common Bermuda grass are blowing around they'll 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 set up shop there and it's the it's the fine sort of grass that uh sends out the long runners that if you grab them you can pull them up they're kind of kind of thin uh and the only way to get rid of that stuff is with uh glyphosate or, or roundup uh a non-selective herbicide uh there is no weed and feed for it there's nothing that's going to selectively pick that stuff out that I'm aware of anyway and get rid of it uh, At the farm, the way we get rid of it is these guys uh, line up shoulder to shoulder uh, holding little wire flags in their hands. And as they walk along, when they see a little piece of it, they stick a flag in the ground and then somebody comes behind them and sprays it with uh, the glycophosphate. Uh, So that that is really the only way to get rid of it out of your yard either. You've kind of got to spray the whole area, give it uh give it 10-14 days to die and then uh remove that area and replace it with new grass. And you you definitely want to replace it with new grass. If you leave it bare dirt, you're just going to see the same problem pop up again. So, uh that, that is the only way to get rid of that common Bermuda grass. So pulling it up is fruitless. Uh, they, it's it's so prolific. I want those little uh, runners and rhizomes that it has in the ground. It'll come back from those. So uh, to my knowledge, that is the only way to uh, to to get rid of that. So uh, keep that in mind as well. That's kind of what I have here for, for today. Certainly give us a call. If you've got any questions, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Houston Brass Podcast. We have more information on our website at houstonturfgrass.com.